2: You guys do
3: often seem to be at your best when you fall behind. What is it that triggers you
4: guys
3: at that point? Uh, I don't know, and I don't like that. But if that's the case, that's not good. So, um, we we trying to you know put 2021 behind us. It's a new year. Um, we are trying to start off on the right on the right note. And you know, first game we got to win, but we got to continue to build good habits. You know, as we welcome guys back into the lineup and things like that, we got to. No, make a push to win some games here, and I think we can do it.
5: The second hour of KJ Late Night here on WEI six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven or the text line three three seven. Thank you so much for hanging out. That's Jalen Brown talking about. Look, what happened last season? The team is all in on not repeating it this year, and I would say for the year twenty twenty two, you have to say that with a pause the <laughs> scare. Team is perfect. One, three straight, two straight. Have a chance to win a third straight tomorrow. Beating the Suns on uh, New Year's Eve day was crucial because what had happened before, you know, with the T Wolves and with the Clippers, could have just been a big, cap, a bad carryover into this year. And even though the game with Orlando started to get interesting, a win is a win. And I think there are some things that have probably been discussed in that locker room. Uh, Justin, my producer, Justin Turpin, thank you so much for being here. Appreciate the hard work you've done. Today's been a crazy day just in itself. It sure has, but we're making the most of it here. (laughs) We're making the most of it here. And I think since that parody about how sick of the franchise uh, the fan base has been, I, I I think they heard it. You've had a change of heart since then, too, in regards to the Celtics. Yeah, well, because my thing is, if you if you do good things, you know, good things get said about you. That's a good mentality to have. Yeah, I, you know, it's I. Why bash something good and why praise something bad? <laughs> I'm a parent. I mean, you know, if I told my kid, I just love the way you punched Johnny in the face at school today. Unless Johnny had not done something to my child first, that is not that's not rewardable behavior. I think part of the conversation that M.A. has gotten across to this team, and I think we're seeing the beginning fruits of it, and I'll tell you how here shortly, is you must win the games that you know you're supposed to win and the games that could go either way, you've got to fight. Win the games you're supposed to win, fight in those games that are supposed to be competitive. That's how you build the character. You start to lose energy, focus, uh, bravado. When you start losing games, it's like when you play little league, right? Oh man, we're playing. You know, we're playing the team. You know, you know, you know, teams all have their taint names of you know, pro teams or what have you. But you know that one team has not won a game, or they might have only won one game the whole season, and you know you're supposed to beat them, and you just remember the feeling of what it's like when they beat you, when they when they beat you. The Celtics have allowed some of those games to happen, and I think Ma is like no more, no more. So if my if my song parodies help, I'll make good ones too. But here's a real question to think about, and and I saw this. I said, this I might be speaking something into into prophecy here. The Celtics could potentially end up winning eight in a row off of this current win streak. Th- think about how crazy this would sound. They have the Spurs, a home and away with the Knicks, and a home and away with the Pacers. That's their next six games. Win those, which, again, like I said, MA is probably the first one is probably the Spurs. <laughs> Do you remember how happy those guys were to get a victory against us when we should have beaten them? Okay, that's be your motivation right there. The Knicks, yeah, this is your rival. This is a chance to bury them two straight days in a row, send them back to where they belong, and have all of New York going crazy over their own bing-bong bings, whatever that means. I don't get that. Then the Pacers, which will be tougher, but it's possible. This is a team that is just trying to figure out which way does a plane fly, which way do you drive a car? Some of those Pacer players may be trying to audition for the Celtics come the trade deadline. 617-779-7937, the text line 37937. It's KJ here late night on WEEI. Thank you so much for hanging out. Justin, I'm going to make a crazier prediction. This just may be as crazy as my Red Sox 27 games at a time theory. This is crazier. Are you ready for this?
2: I love that one, so this is exciting because that really put a different perspective into games for me.
5: Now, remember, my 27-game-at-a-time theory predicted that the Red Sox would win 85 games coming out of spring training, and they won 87. They won 83. No, they won 87. They won 87 games. The Celtics will go 14-3 and in the month of January. That sounds crazy, doesn't it?
2: As of right now, yes. But they are such a
5: 500 team, I believe it. If they go 14-3, and then they put themselves back in the Eastern Conference conversation where many people believe they belong. Somewhere around the five spot. The NBA is not like the NFL where it's like any given Sunday. You know, oh my God, the quarterback. No. The NBA is, look at who's on my team, look who's on your team. This 14-3 record would also include beating people like the Pelicans, the Washington Wizards who are reeling. In fact, there are only three. The three teams I have them losing to in the month of January, the 76ers, which would end the eight games winning streak, the Bulls, which is the next night. So they've got the 76ers and the Bulls on the 14th and 15th. That's a two; Those are two tough games. And then we'll only proceed to lose one more game the rest of the month. And I think that's at the end of the month to the heat. So we we'll are literally talk about the Celtics potentially going on two plus five or more game win streaks in the month of January. And then how do you see the Celtics with only 10 days to go before the trade deadline? It then becomes a very different team that can approach free agents or trades. Because now, if you have a Celtics team firing on multiple cylinders, the two Js are there, both healthy. I love what I'm seeing out of Grant Williams. That this, you know, that's, that Boston is always looking for that, like, the, the, the new Jerry Seasting character, if you will. The gritty player who doesn't give you a bunch of points, but he, when he gets in there, it just he's just a fighter. Grant Williams become that guy. Don't want to see him go. Robert Williams as well. Don't want to see him go. So if you've got a couple pieces like that and a couple of stars, other players start to realize this. The free agent, that's that's a golden free agent that says, I want to go and make it work with those two young guys and that energy guy in in, in, in Time Lord, and Grant, Grant needs a nickname. Tank. <laughs> you like that, Justin? Tank Williams, just a tank out there. They're going to be the new hero, the free agent that comes who sees what's happening. But this is all, this is all contingent on the Celtics going 14 and 3 in the month of January.
2: KJ, what are your thoughts on this one from the 774? If Text Indiana slide. is looking to trade some players, would you be happy with Sabonis or Miles Turner coming to Boston?
5: I would rather have Turner come because you can do it for assets that you don't necessarily want to keep, right? Like, for Miles Turner, you could probably see if you move the Horford contract, you might throw in Neesmith as well. But if you're talking Sabonis, they're going to want one of the Jays, right? Sabonis is an all-star, so you're not going to say we're going to trade our all-star for someone who's not an all-star. But I would love to see Miles Turner and Robert Williams up in that front court together because... Turner has a little bit more size and length. Imagine the blocks out of that front court. (laughs) But see, now you're talking about what Celtics basketball can be. It wouldn't have to be dependent on the three. If you've got a strong interior with Williams and potentially Miles Turner, I know people say, well, you could have gotten Miles Turner here before. Yeah, but the dynamics were different and we were more desperate. The Pacers are desperate now to unload people. I think that's where the, they won't unload Sabonis because Sabonis can still be a face of that franchise in a in a medium to small market size city. Right? Sabonis coming here, eh, he's not cut out to be the star and to be in a bunch of interviews and stuff like that. I mean, you just have to be, you know, you have, he would kind of be seen like as another alpha male. And I don't think you need a third alpha male with this team. You just need another male who can just, you know, just come in, come in there and just maybe shock you one night and Drop thirty and fifteen, along with the Jays doing what they do. And now you have it. Oh, gosh, I mean, that that texter put it, they hit it right on the head. Miles Turner would feel fill such a void at this point. And then probably, you know, I maybe do you buy a little time for Peyton Pritchard, but you do need some outside shot presence. My concern with Peyton Pritchard is that, you know, he's six one. Doing the Steph Curry thing and Steph Curry six four, right? So, you know Peyton can get hot when he can get hot, but you, I mean you literally have to leave him wide open just for just because getting the trajectory of a shot over someone in his face is just always going to be tough. I don't care who you are. Now going to the hole that might be something different, but that's not his game. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven or the text line three three seven. So mark it down. I said here that the Celtics would go 14-3 and in the month of January following a simple script that I think that M.A. has put in front of this team. Beat the people who you're supposed to beat and the, team, and the games that are supposed to be tough, fight because you just might win. Here's Marcus Smart on how the team is trying to get some things figured out here. I'm sure the fans who watch the game look at your team and say, wow, they're talented, they're good enough to beat any team on any given night, and then it comes like the third quarter. You guys fall behind to a team that's really shorthanded. Then you come back and win. How do you kind of control it to where you guys are
4: not so up and down, where you guys can get that consistency going? Um, that's something we're working on. You know, obviously, we got a couple guys out as well. Uh, once we get those guys back and get that chemistry back going, I think that'll help. But it's uh, something that we have to figure out. You know, we got a lot of young guys that's stepping into roles that they that they first-timers in. Um, but that shouldn't be no excuse for us. And, and we know that we understand it. And we're just constantly trying to, like I said, work on it. And it's something that, um, you know, is big for us. And it's something that Eme has definitely been on us about. And it's something that every last one of us on this team has been on each other about. Um, and we know it, it's, it's not taking <laughs> the optimal time that we want it to happen. But that's the thing about something like this, you know, um, it's going to take time, and once we do click, we're going to click, and it's going to feel so much better.
5: If the Celtics go 14-3 and in January, Brad Stevens and Wick and all those guys, they're going to get you and go after whoever you want. Because if they're the 5C playing a four-game, say, against the four-team uh, that's maybe Miami Heat, now you have a chance to get the Nets in the second round. And with the Nets as fragile as glass, you just never, you just never know what may happen to them in an opening round matchup. Now they may win, obviously, I think they'll win in a one-eight situation. But you beat the Heat and get to the second round, and you've got an addition that came through with the trade deadline that is not an outside shooter, but someone who can be a reinforcement, grab boards, feed off of Robert Williams' energy, and therefore Robert Williams feed off of his energy. Go at each other in practice iron sharp and iron the Celtics team may be the surprise story all because of a parody by Phil Collin that I made with a Phil Collins song and a win streak of eight games into January all right it's time to trend here on WEEI
0: the Greg Hill show morning 6 to 10 now here's what's trending on WEEI
2: Trending now on WEI and WEI.com, the Patriots have sent wide receiver Christian Wilkerson back to the practice squad. In an interesting move, the Patriots then used a practice squad protection on Wilkerson, Matt Lacoste, and two others, which means another team can't sign these players to their 53-man roster this week. Elsewhere in the NFL, for the second straight day, Antonio Brown did not show up on the NFL wire, meaning the Buccaneers (laughs) still hold his rights. Also They're in means, each other's head. They don't want him to go to Green Bay. Well, get this, KJ. It also means A.B. has every right to show up the to practice tomorrow if he so chooses. <laughs> Unless he's not still hanging out in
5: New York, right? Maybe
2: he'll be playing for the Nets tomorrow night. We'll
5: see. Some big <laughs>
2: news revolving the AFC playoff picture. According to NFL Network's Cameron Wolf, the Tennessee Titans are expecting Derrick Henry to be back at practice tomorrow. If you need a reminder of how good this dude is, he's still sixth in the NFL in rushing yards, and he hasn't played since week eight. And the Washington football team will announce its official name change on February 2nd. The Bruins extended their winning streak to three to, three tonight with a 5-3 win over the Devils. Linus Olmark picked up the win in net for the Bruins, while David Pasternak scored his first goal since November 30th. The Bees are back in action Thursday against the Minnesota Wild at the TD Garden. Puck Drops is set for seven.
5: Thank God they're playing hockey again, eh? Right? <laughs> we might have to go we do another total. prayer. I don't know, <laughs> as Led Zeppelin said, praying, praying, prayer will do you no good. Crying may help you. Praying will do you no good at this point.
2: And the 18-19 and 19 Celtics, which could be looking similar to their record in January, KJ, will look to build a three-game win streak of their own as they take on the Spurs tomorrow night. Tip-off is set for 730. It's a
5: team you got to beat.
2: It certainly is. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com.
1: Getting you back to more
0: EEI Late Night with KJ on EEI.
3: Bill, uh, I'm from from Max's hometown. Could you just talk about what he has been able to do this year? Only four Hall of Fame quarterbacks have ever in their rookie seasons led their team to the playoffs and those were all in the pre-free agency era. Could you talk about whether it's his maturity level, his preparation, whatever it is that has enabled him to get your team to this point. Yeah, well, again, Mac's super consistent. Um, Every day is is really the same day for Mac. He's always well-prepared. He's in early, Um, you know, he's ready to go. He he knows what we're gonna be doing and and he's already got a head start on it. So, you know, he maximizes the the information that the coaches give him, maximizes the walkthroughs, the practice reps, uh, and, and learns from, you know, whatever happens in those situations. Um, you know, he's smart, he's a good learner, but he's got good, good instincts and good mechanics. He's, you know, he's just worked hard to get better every day. Um, so a lot of consistency. And, you know, great, great work ethic and, and um, really pays attention to details. And it's just improved in, in every every area throughout the course of the year. Continues to improve on a daily basis. And you know, he's just. Uh, really, uh, you know, a great, great person to coach because he's so responsive to trying to do everything the way that you want to do it. And, um, you know, Josh has done a fantastic job with him. And, you know, Max really, I think, embraced the the wisdom that Josh has um, transmitted
5: to him. And, um, you know, he played extremely well today. Yeah, turn it up. Turn it up. We got a quarterback in bloom here in New England, folks. KJ Late Night, WEEI, part of the WEEI Sports Radio Network. Thank you so much for hanging out. Bill Belichick, you would think that, my goodness, this guy is met a saint. All that praising. But let's just face it, Mac Jones has done something that, oh, okay, we can't say Hall of Fame level yet, but look. Talk about forgetting how bad last season felt. Bill looks like a genius. Deciding not to keep Cam as a backup. Not going with Cam as the starter. That was a tug and pull situation here. Hey, we've been happy with the 10-7 se- se- season. <laughs> what do you know? They say sometimes be be content with the best things that you think can happen and better things can happen for you. I don't know who said that, either KJ or some Confucius guy. I think it was me. But look, this team is on the verge of potentially being 11-6 and six with a rookie quarterback going to the playoffs only after one year of missing. There are so many people who are just losing their minds of how fast the Pats have turned around. In fact, former Patriot Ted Johnson isn't really – he thinks that he thinks this team is just kind of feeling its oats. As good of a win this was for the Patriots, they ran up the score. I think to kind of build, get this team feeling good about themselves is I feel like a little bit like this team – uh, is a little too excited from this win. I don't know if they've been humbled by the last two weeks because they had such an opportunity to go and beat the Buffalo Bills at home last week. They didn't do it, and I, it was a great win today, but I'm just a little bit concerned where the humility is and just kind of keeping things in perspective against a team that was way, way down. They went out there and beat them up, and they were all having a good time out there. That's great. But I, I was hoping to see a little bit more humility in winning in a way in which they felt like, hey, we don't need to pump our chest out. And they were doing that. And that was a little that's a little bit of concern. Yeah, Ted, you gotta stop eating the sour patch kids before you go on the air talking about your former team. We all know. It's a good thing it wasn't an apostrophe yes after Ted's name talking. Okay, that was wrong. But look. This team pulled out some magic, especially during that seven-game win streak. So many people were saying they're beating a bunch of nobodies, even going all the way to the indie game. Well, finally, they're getting off of the JV portion of their schedule. Can you show your hate even more? As the Dave Chappelle bit says, the haters have arrived. Seeing the Patriots back in the playoffs. After dominating for 20 years, there were so many people who were ready to dance on the grave for years to come. Best thing the fan base did was, you know what? Get behind Mac. Be critical when you need to be critical. You just don't make it personal where it was starting to get with Cam. I mean, some people still, like, like, why do you even bring up Cam Newton's name? Are you Is this part of, like, the social construct that you find yourself trapped in these days? No one is saying that Cam Newton is any good. Nobody's saying that anymore. Into the season, no one thought that Cam Newton would lead the teams in playoffs. Thought that it would be the Mac miracle that would ride in. Bill just saw the miracle coming quicker. These things do happen. Captain Devin McCourty was asked, "You know, hey, you've been on the championship teams. You, you were on last year's team. What team does this team remind you of?"
6: As we're recalling all the past seasons and what you guys have done to clinch a playoff spot, is there anything that this team has that reminds you of teams in the past that have needed to do what it takes to clinch a playoff spot and then also put together deep runs into the postseason as well? Um.
4: I don't know. Like I said earlier, I think, you know, I think I feel like that when I'm able to look back, you know, at the end of the season, it's hard to do now. Um, I would say, you know, all the good teams I played on have responded. And, you know, that's what we were able to do Sunday. Um, We got to continue to do that. You know, I think that's what it's about. You know, that response that, you know, when you get in a tough game, you get in a game that, you know, you know, you have to win and, they know you have to win. They feel like they have to win. Like, those are the games you need to play your best. Um, and that's the part of the season that we're at. So I'm excited. You know, I think we got a great group of guys. Um, I think guys are, are locked in and focused. We had a great week of practice going into a, a week with Jacksonville where, you know, they had a lot of guys up and down, on and off the roster. We just continue to study, be prepared. And now, you know, we'll have to go down to Miami. Uh, like I said, it's going to be hot weather. It's going to be tough. They're going to be out there. They're an aggressive football team. They play hard. Um, So I think this is another good test because now we're coming in with the playoff spot already clinched and all of that stuff. Everyone's going to want to talk about everything other than the Dolphins game. And it'll be about us um, improving, getting better, playing another week of good football starting Wednesday all the way throughout Sunday. Um, Like that's the opportunity we're going to have this week. And that's up to us. Like, um, I can't say it enough. Like this Dolphins team is—they're going to be ready to, to not just like beat us and play. Like they're going to be down there trying to to kick our butt, and that is what it is. Like, I think that's their mentality, um, and I think it's going to be a great test for us. And I, I'm excited uh, to be a leader on this team and, and go into the last week of the season uh, with everything we have on the line.
5: Yeah, players are the younger players who are not familiar with this. Da- the Dolphins last game of the season thing might have to have a come-around-the-campfire-kids and let, let me tell you how important this game is. Let me tell you a story, if you have, if you don't know. This team, this team is different than any that I can think of, obviously primarily because it's a rookie quarterback in there doing all these things. And people on the team who've played in the, last, the very last game of an NFL season and have held up the Lombardi Trophy, all in one locker room. Right? So... That's what's different, and, and, in, and in the modern game as well. I think if you try and say, let's just say McCourty's been in the league for 18 years, If you know, this is remind you of like in Tom's second year you guys beat the Rams, you know, this is a different game. This is a different game. And I think for what Mac has accomplished this year, um, it's impressive. It can be improved upon, but it's been impressive. Because you look at the other rookie quarterbacks, and uh, I mean, they all look like overwhelmed rookies, right? So, I give it I give it to Bill Belichick and how he's been able to corral this team in, get them ready, and now they're playoff bound. So, of course, the pundits on your television shows are going back and forth of where they think the Patriots are because now they have to discuss where they see him. Here's Ryan Clark kind of reneging on what he thinks the Patriots can do. I, I,
1: I want to be right about this, Daniel. Mm. I want to be the guy that picked mm. and said, you know what? We the, government. the New England Patriots could mess around, and win the Super Bowl. And I don't feel that way anymore. This is – listen, this is the team that's going to be competitive in the playoffs. This is the team that's going to play good defense. This is a team that I believe is going to run the ball physically. This isn't a team that's going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, this isn't a team that's probably going to beat the Buffalo Bills. This isn't a team that's going to beat the Cincinnati Bengals. And when you look at their quarterback, going into yesterday, uh, Mac Jones – Uh, In the month of December, had the worst QBR of every quarterback in the league. I think that Mac Jones is a good player. I believe that Mac Jones is going to be a franchise quarterback for the next decade and a half in New England. Mac Jones is going to be a large part of the reason why this team won't get to the Super Bowl. The run defense is going to be a large part of the reason why this team doesn't get to the Super Bowl. As we've watched things go down the stretch in late December, we've seen some of the deficiencies of the New England Patriots cost them games. Will they be in the football games? Absolutely. Will they be competitive? Absolutely. Will this team get to the Super Bowl? No, they will not.
5: I wonder if that's what it tastes like when you drink the bottom of Haterade. Sugary. Make you a little jumpy after that last taste. Trying to fit the narrative in that, you know, oh my God, Mac Jones is the savior. Uh, nobody's saying that. Now, if you think that as a outside Patriots hater, you know, sometimes the haters will listen to hear what they're saying. What are they saying in Boston and New England about the Patriots? What are they saying? Have they put Mac Jones up on an altar? Nope. Not at all. We all know it's the run game. We know get that ball to Harrison and Stevenson. We know that Mac can beat you with clever plays. We know that Josh McDaniels cannot be stale with the playbook. But that's not what they want to hear. They want to hear us worship at the altar of Mac Jones. Oh, how worthy! One zero you want. No. No. That's not what hap- that's, not, that's not what's happening here. Here's Dan Olofsky saying, look, the the Pats are for real.
6: And I I think that the the New England Patriots absolutely are still a threat in the AFC. I have said this. The Chiefs have earned the right to sit at the top. Mm -hmm. And I think every one of those teams can knock off the Kansas City Chiefs. This is a New England Patriot offense that averages 27 points a game this season. 27. That's the highest out of any team in the NFL in the last 20 years with a rookie quarterback. That's a real thing. We have a body of work that says this team can score 27 a game. I get it with the run defense, but, like, who in the AFC are we really bugging out about when it comes to their run game? I'll give you Indianapolis. You know where I stand on that. Tennessee, Tennessee, Tennessee yes, can still if, do
1: it, even with <clears throat> Foreman and Hilliard.
6: If, I think that game – two That two bills plus – Against the Patriots, but that game was an uncharacteristic game by New England defensive. Remember, they hit like two or three big draws, yeah. And New England tackled poorly in big that big screen, right? I'm not, but I'm not banking on that. If Derrick Henry's back, I'll have a conversation a about it. Yes, but uh, those are the only teams that ASC like. As much as I love Cincinnati's zone game, I don't think that being the reason why they beat New England. So I still think New England because they're very much so the team I felt they were a month ago. Uh, Mac Jones did not hit the rookie wall. He he was. Flawless, essentially, yesterday, specifically on third down. So I think New England, because of who they are, and not only that, but the way that they lost to those two teams, Bill is going to learn from.
5: Yeah. Now, I I think Olofsky kind of pumped up the Dig Dug character a little bit on there. I, I think it really does come down to every facet of the game is why the Patriots have been successful this year right we're not talking about mac jones throwing for 350 yards you know several times this year i don't know i mean as good as he looks sunday it was only 220 something yards but that's all you need and the 27 per, points per game that's yeah, a bit skewed because you know the patriots have had a couple 50 burgers this season so literally there've been a couple of games where the patriots have played gotten extra points on the average that average is really around it's right around 23 in an honest view of a game so if the patriots Uh, Can get 24 on the board. I don't know how they lose because then there would be room for both mistakes and corrections to be made. The the defense had three turnovers on Sunday. That was a key tenet to show that look, you got to get after, you got to show you can get after the ball, make these teams that are planning for you think about what they want to do and how they want to handle you because they know your coach is going to make adjustments. All this playoff talk, let's do a playoff tree. The remix! That's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass.
6: But they are who we thought they were. Hey baby, let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs and have
5: some fun. Playoffs? Uh, playoffs. Can't wait. And we let them off the hook? Can't wait. Playoffs. Son, I gotta do that in this. You kidding me? Playoffs. <laughs> it gets no better than how the AFC is shaking out. This last weekend is going to be pretty fun to watch. Some games, other games are just preparing you for some coaches on Black Monday. Uh, I don't think Josh McDaniels is going anywhere. Some may try and tempt him. I don't think there's a job out there unless it's Cleveland again that wants him. And that's if they let go of Kevin Stefanski. I'll tell you more about that later. Tennessee Titans number one seed. They're at the Texans this weekend. I see a win there. They They don't lose their spot. Kansas City Chiefs uh, at Denver, they win. They keep their spot at two. The Bengals at three. They'll play at Cleveland. There'll be no Baker Mayfield. I think Cleveland's going ahead and start to shut things down and assess where they are moving forward because they have mathematically been eliminated from the playoffs with their loss yesterday on Sunday. Uh, the Bills are at four. As much as I feel for them, they will beat the Jets, and they will stay in that four spot. The Patriots at five at Miami. It's going to be an interesting game, but the Patriots pull it off. Just hope for no injuries. They'll be in that fifth spot. The Colts will beat Jacksonville at Jacksonville staying in the sixth spot. And the Chargers and Raiders play for the final spot next Sunday night. Winner is in the playoff. Loser goes home. Unless the game ends in a tie, then Pittsburgh's in there. (laughs) And the Colts uh, beat Jacksonville. So, uh, Pittsburgh still has an outside chance, but it's so outside. So, The final seeds, I believe, will be Titans 1, Kansas City 2, Bengals 3, Buffalo 4, New England 5, Colts 6, Chargers 7. Titans have the first week off. Chargers at KC for an opening game. Wow. Colts at the Bengals. The Pats at the Bills. I, I kid, I'm telling my wife I'm doing no chores that weekend which I then leaves, I believe, leads in the semifinals in the AFC. New England at Tennessee, Bengals at KC. AFC Championship, New England at the Bengals. I call the upset, as that's why I did. The Bengals are living rent-free in the Chiefs' head, and Andy Reid is probably losing sleep at night thinking about what Joe Burrow just did to him. But give me Belichick in one game with a young quarterback, who depends more on the aerial, has a decent run game. New England going to the Super Bowl just by the way the numbers shake out. Can't wait. Can't wait. In the NFC, I didn't think things would change, but they have changed kind of dramatically. Now, of course, Green Bay is still the number one seed, and they play the Lions this week. I don't think, well, I think Aaron Rodgers should at least play the first half because if Jordan Love gets in there, Jordan Love looks horrible, and he's been there for a couple of years. But I still think Green Bay pulls it off. The Rams, who have now slid into the two position, have the 49ers, and that is going to be a very interesting game. I'll get to that in a moment. Tampa Bay in the three spot. They have the Panthers. I think they handle that game easily. The Cowboys are in the fourth spot at Philly. I'll tell you why. That's kind of a must-win game here shortly. Arizona in the five spot would be the 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 first wild card. They have the Saints, the 49ers, At the Rams, as I mentioned earlier, the 49ers have to win this game or they could be out of the playoffs. And the Eagles, as I mentioned, play at Dallas. The Saints are on the outside looking in at the Falcons. But check this out the final standings in the NFC, as I see it Green Bay 1, LA 2, Tampa 3, Dallas 4, Arizona 5, 49ers 6, and the Saints 7. How does that happen? Because the 49ers losing to the Rams and the Saints beating the Falcons, I also have Philly losing to Dallas. Philly drops out of the seventh spot. New Orleans moves into the seventh spot. That's going to be crazy. So, with Green Bay having the first week off, it would be Saints at the Rams. That's going to be pretty interesting. Matt Stafford, he gets in his head like he's got to throw the ball everywhere. He's walking right into the heart of what the Saints can do, but... They don't have anything back there with the quarterback. It's just a two-man thing. 49ers at Tampa. I like Tampa all day in that, but Jimmy G versus Tommy. (laughs) Can't wait. And Arizona at Dallas, the rematch in Dallas, where Arizona just made Dallas look pretty bad. So getting to the NFC semifinals as I see it, Tampa at the Rams, Arizona at Green Bay. I have Arizona beating Dallas at home again. Remember, I mentioned earlier the Cowboys are two and three in their last five games at home. In the Super Bowl, in the championship for the NFC, Tampa at Green Bay. Will all be forgiven with AB? Does A.B. get released and get picked up by Green Bay just to appease Aaron Rodgers to deal with Tom Brady being in his head for a second straight year? Can't wait. I can't wait. I have Tampa and New England again in the Super Bowl. This is absolutely crazy how this shakes out because last week, the playoff tree didn't look like that. But I do believe the Chiefs go out early. The Bills go out. Early. It comes down to the Bengals and the Patriots. This is going to be a fascinating playoff tree. I hope nobody loses. I hope the playoff tree stays the same because that looks beautiful right there as it is. It's KJ Late Night here on WEEI. We wrap this up next. Thank you so much for hanging out on the WEEI Sports Radio Network.
0: We're right back to EEI Late Night with KJ on EEI.
1: Again, in fact, the three of us share something in common. We've all been booed
5: relentlessly. Would you be more comfortable tonight if he just booed you tonight just to kind of get you in the mood? What do you think? I would love it if you
4: guys booed me. I, who wouldn't who want would to be booed by the Manning brothers, right? That, so we brought our own boos Hey, you know that's us. part of the fan experience. That's right. You know,
5: that's part of the fan experience. We all love it. Uh, You ever wonder if Roger Goodell actually has his own bunk bed at the Mannings' house, including Archie? KJ Late Night here on WEEI. Thank you so much for hanging out. That was Roger Goodell on the Manning cast last night. Oh, my gosh. Why don't they just make their own version of Caligula while they're at it? If you don't know what Caligula is, look it up. One of Bob Guccione's finest moments. Blah, get telling a man what are they doing in New England? We're supposed to be the first family. Get out of here with that! I can't stand. You know, the funny thing is, true story, Justin. My uncle lives like ten minutes from Peyton Manning's like actual residence, like in like the Tennessee Georgia border. Really? Yes, and has run into Peyton a couple times at the grocery store. It's a small town. I told you my family is not one of those NFL pre-Sunday specials where, like, oh, my God, John has been shot and mama dead. That's not our family. And he says that Peyton's a very nice guy and very affable, right? But but when it comes to him, like, to have Goodell on there with you and your brother, it almost just kind of pretty much signs, the, signs at the X on the dotted line showing how much you guys may have been on the same page about a few things. Good heavens. All right, let's go to the text line, 37937. Get some of your comments from tonight that have come in.
2: Go ahead, Justin. So we got this one from the 2, two zero one. I don't know exactly where that is. but That is says, New York
5: City. Really? New Jersey, yes.
2: KJ, love the show. Very entertaining and right about the Celtics. However, if they soil the bed versus the Spurs, they have learned nothing. Also, the Knicks have back-to-back. It's tough, and the Celtics should beat them, but we'll see.
5: Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Um, another one
2: and we got this one um, this is from the 207 again how do you have Philly out of the playoffs when they've already clinched and that leads you to where you wanted to get into that yes,
5: I, I, I I, will make a mistake and will tell you that I have made a mistake so the worst that Philly can do is the 7 spot uh, the best that the 49ers can do even with a loss would be a 6 spot Philly and 49ers cannot flip spots because Philly lost head to head to the uh, Philly lost head to head to the 49ers so the Saints already have eight losses. Uh, a loss by both Philly and the 49ers will put them at eight losses, but they would still be ahead uh, mathematically. Uh, so, KJ, did you uh, catch yeah. that stuff with Jalen Hurts? Oh and my the crowd? gosh! So listen, um, you know, obviously the story that Justin has mentioned uh, in trending uh, over the last couple of hours is that sometime within the next couple of weeks, the Washington football team will reveal its name but what happened Sunday revealed just how underkept things have been uh, for years there. Like the running joke, because I worked in D.C. at one point. For those who don't know or may know, I I come from the music world. Like there's actually a person in town, I won't say their name, but they're from Detroit, and we used to work together in Atlanta on music stations, and they don't work at the station. So that's how small this world is, right? And so um, I used to work and live in D.C., and they used to tell you, like, FedEx Field there is one of the worst places to go see a game because they actually have seats that block your view of the field because of the Jumbotron. <laughs> like, that tells you everything you need to know about a, a fan experience. So to see a gate just come flying off from fans being right there is just kind of like, yeah, I've, I've been going from D.C. about 15 years. It seems, it seems to be about right on time. And Jalen Hurts sent a letter to uh, the field,
2: to D.C., and to the commissioner and, and to the NFL, that, and he wants an explanation
5: as to what they're going to do with this, what, what happened. Yeah. Well, but think about it. This is the same field that um, uh, Adrian Peterson tore up his knee, so even field issues. So there, FedEx field has always been kind of a field issue in terms of how badly it's been taken care of. You now see fans fall out of stands, which, it, thank goodness, they're all okay because it would have been top story. Look, if Antonio Brown had not stripped down and run out of the back of the end zone that would have been the top story of the day from the league like fans falling out of the, out of the seats literally over the railing now in fairness to the railing and probably to some of the safety precautions it, it, they might have been leaning up too hard against it who knows the weight you just don't know what the weight limits are but that's just kind of always been the talk about FedEx Field it's just kind of like oh Have a great night. Hopefully you have a better night than I had the other night where Justin, my favorite earbuds, I get up in the middle of the night. Well, not in the middle of the night because I don't think it's a health thing. But I get up in the middle of the night to go do a guy thing, what a guy thing has to do. The earbud flies out of my ear and falls straight into the toilet after using it. Oh, oh, no. Try to fish it out. No bueno. Because I ended up knocking it forward into the hole thinking, like, really? Are you going to put this thing back in your ear? Is it really worth it? <laughs> well, good for you for going fishing
2: and trying well, no, to
5: get it. I tried, but it flushed down the toilet. So someone might be listening to me right now in some septic tank on the Odyssey app. Also, good to say that my wife, when she, I mean, my daughter, when she went off to Vegas, she came back still single. You know, that was my concern. She came back with a lot of smiles and nothing on her hand. A lot so of my money? Wife, well, no, I didn't give her the money. I just gave her a big thank you hug and kiss and made sure to dad just wants to make sure that you don't ever like you wouldn't do that to me. You wouldn't d- disappear to Vegas or your father to go get married, would you? <laughs> so, Have a great night. I'll be here again tomorrow night for late night. Justin, thank you for all your hard work for everything you do on the show. I appreciate you, man. Have a great night.